Oh, man, I'm so tired. Why am I up so early? It's 11.30 in the morning. It's so early still. Man, oh, what am I going to do today? I don't even know. What did my Sunday school teacher tell me to do when I wake up? Oh, I know. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Where's my Bible at? Here it is. Here it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, it's been a little bit. Been a hot moment here. All right, let's see. Where should I read? I wonder. I don't know. How about this? Just there. That looks good. That looks good. How about this? Um, it says Atroth, Shofan, and Bethnamar, cities and folds, came together for their sheep. Huh, look at that. That's some deep stuff right there. Man, that's good. All right, I'm going to pray about that. Some good Bible reading. All right, uh, let's see. Dear, holy of holiest, holy, heavenly, almighty Father in, in the sky, uh, I come to you now, Lord. God, can you just give me a new red bike? That's really what I want. Let's just be honest. I saw it in the store. It's a really, really sweet red one. God, if you could manage to just give me that bike, it'd be so good. And uh, let's see, what else should I pray for? Um, oh, my little brother. God, will you just smite him where he stands? He's horrible. He's so annoying. Just smite him, almighty smiter, and take care of him. Oh, goodness. And uh, let's see, what else was I supposed to pray about? Oh, yeah. Um, and Lord, that you would become real in my life and that you would guide me every day and walk with me and be right here where I am. In, in your holiest of holy, almighty name, in Jesus, amen. Whoa, what in the world are you doing in my house, man? No. No way. I just, but then you, and I, what, how did this happen? It can't be real. Holy cow, Jesus, you're in my house? Like, <laughs> what is, this is crazy. We can hang out all weekend. This is great. All right, let's see, what can we do first? I have some fun stuff for us to do. I know, I know, I know. Check this out. Check out this magazine, huh? Look how pretty she is. She's smoking. Uh, <laughs> you know what? No, Jesus, that's not even mine. That's my little brother's. I told you you should have smited him, and you didn't. So that's your fault. Um, <laughs> oh, I know what we can do. I know. Check this out. We got some music. Hey, uh, Google, play Shakira. <laughs> oh, cancel, cancel, cancel. Google, cancel. <laughs> I was just kidding. I know you're supposed to dance like holy dancing in church and stuff. Anyway, yeah, I don't like that music at all. Um, ring. Oh, my really old school ring. Oh, let me let me answer my phone. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hey, bro. One second, Jesus. I gotta take this. He's uh, he's really struggling in his faith. Hey, bud, what's up? A party? A Bible study at your house? Yeah. No, I don't think I can go. Well, I get a visitor, and he's from, well, really far away. So I don't, I don't it would be kind of rude to leave him. What? She's going to be there? She wants to talk to me? Oh, all right, I'll be there. Uh, hey, Jesus, <laughs> thanks for coming so far to visit me and all. But see, my buddy, he's like really struggling, and I'm a super good Christian. All my friends know it. So I need to go counsel him and like help him out right now in his time of grief. So I think I'll be back. It won't take long. You just chill here, man. You can do whatever you want. There's food in the fridge. 
eat whatever you want and just hang out, okay? You stay here. I'm going to go. I'll be back later, all right? Cool. (laughs) Jesus, do you speak Aramaic or English or what? Sit down, bud. Okay, come on. It's okay. Like, you just chill here. Here, put your feet up. Put your feet up. Relax. Put them up there. Here's the remote. You can watch all the TV you want. Rambo's on, if you remember what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus, come on, man. Sit down. You can't go with me, all right? Just stay here, please. You stay. I'm going. Get it? Man, he doesn't get anything. I thought he'd be smart. Jesus, stay here, all right? Stand right here. You can't go with me. You know why? Because I'm going to a party, all right? And I don't really care if you know. I'm going to go drinking and do all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't like. So just stay here. How many of you guys have been ghosted before? Anybody been ghosted by a friend? No, none of you have been ghosted. I don't believe that at all. You text somebody, you don't even know what ghosting is. You text somebody, and you're all excited about something, and then you're waiting for the answer that just doesn't come. And then you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're like, they just, like, stop texting me or what? Like, they, they just disappear? What happened? And hopefully uh, that doesn't happen too often to you. But you could probably relate to what that feels like when you're expecting this answer, and you think a conversation's going well, and then someone just, like, gone. You're just ghosted. You're just, you're just like over. I remember when I was in college, there was this girl that I thought was so beautiful. And I may have told you guys about her before. She was the football coach's daughter. She was so pretty. And I liked her so much. And every day, like in the cafeteria, I'd see her sitting with her friends all the way across the cafeteria. And I would just be like, I'd never be able to talk to her. I get the butterflies in my stomach and feel all nauseous, like just thinking about it. A few times I got up and I tried to walk over there and I'd shake so bad I had to just turn around and go back to my seat. I was just too nervous to talk to this girl. And so finally one day, my dudes were all talking me up. They're like, you can do this. You know, it was one of those like, like motivational speech sessions at the table. And I saw her get up. I was ready to make my move. She's walking with her tray, bringing it up to the line where you put all your trash, you know. And I was like, this is my chance. So I grabbed my tray and I, I just beeline, man. I'm like almost sprinting across the cafeteria. This is my sprinting. It was about this fast. <laughs> I get over there and I, and I bump into her. That was my plan, just a little bump and try not to spill everything on her, which was, yeah, it was pretty important. So I, I bump into her and I was like, hey, I've noticed you around. And my mouth got so dry, I just went. <laughs> Are you a duck? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I couldn't get out the next words, and I'm like, oh, no, Lord. So I put my tray down, and I'm shaking. And then I, I was like, can I have your number? <laughs> and she just looked at me, and out of total pity, she reaches down and grabs, like, a napkin that had beans, like, like all, like, on them and stuff. And she writes her number down for me and hands me this, like, bean napkin. And I didn't even say thank you. I was just like, okay. <laughs> I just, like, walked away. I was like, get out, get out now before I ruin something, you know, and I ran. So <laughs> that, sat, that Friday night came. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is the moment. I pull out the bean napkin, and by now they had all dried and gotten crusty on the napkin. And I was never going to throw the napkin away because she touched it, right? I was like, oh. And so I, I pull out the phone, and back then there weren't cell phones. So I had to, like, use my dorm phone. It was like, no, it wasn't that old. But I was like, ding, ding. You know, I call her up, and her roommate answers. And she seemed really nice. And kind of like, like, oh, a guy's calling. This is cool, you know, happy until I told her who I was. I was like, it's Katie. Oops, I can't say her name on the internet. 
this random girl, this random girl who broke my heart. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, told, I was like, is she there? Because uh, you know, she said I could call her. And then she knew who I was because she heard the, oh, it's the duck. You know, the duck's calling. So <laughs> she's like, I think so. Hold on. And then she like kind of disappears for a second. And I hear the kind of girl's voices. And then all of a sudden I hear just like this loud burst of laughter. And then she comes back to the phone again. And she was like, no, she's not here. And then I heard her friend in the back go, Katie, that's so mean. I mean, girl, that's so mean. And I was like, she doesn't want to talk to me. Oh, and so I was so sad, and she ghosted me. It was my first ghosting moment, even before cell phones. I know, I know. I never played football at that school. So anyway, she, she... that, that was, yeah, that was a terrible moment, and you might have moments like that where people have done that, and it doesn't feel good to be ghosted, right? It just doesn't feel good at all. And in the Bible, the God, God actually talks to us about kind of like ghosting, the similar thing that sometimes we do, right? And um, I'm not saying that God's heart gets broken the same way that my immature heart with like puppy love gets broken, but I'm sure God feels it. You know, and he talks to us about ghosting the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and that's interesting because it's like something we don't really think about. I don't know how often you think about the Holy Spirit. Um, do you realize that he's with you all the time? Do you realize he's right here with us in this room? His presence is filling the room. And we don't always stop and take a moment to be like, let's acknowledge him, you know. And so when we just go about our day, And he's right there. And we don't acknowledge his presence there with us. I wonder what that feels like. I know that uh, scripture tells us in Psalm 139, 7 to 8, King David. And King David was just the man, right? He was the guy after God's own heart. Like, he loved God so much. And he knew God's spirit and was so in tune with his spirit. He wrote this in Psalm 139, 7 to 8. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. David basically points out the fact that we can never get away from the Holy Spirit. There's no escaping God's presence. He's always with us. Whether we go to heaven, whether we go down to the depths of hell, God's presence is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is in every single space that there is. And in a really silly way, this is kind of how I picture it. Sometimes I want to show you a quick video of like what I picture the Holy Spirit, like trying to get my attention throughout the day. This is it right here. And 
no, don't go to the mall and do that. Does anyone even go to the mall anymore? Is that like even, yeah. is that even a thing? Don't go on Amazon and do that. Like, I don't even know how to say that anymore. But like, don't try that outside. You might get punched by somebody. But like the Holy Spirit is always with us. And he's so much closer to us than that. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's literally abiding in you. And he goes everywhere you go. He sees the things you see. He hears the things you hear. He's part of every conversation and every activity that you do. God promises that if you trust in him, you have the Holy Spirit, and he is always with you. You can't escape the presence of God. And so knowing that, it's really important to understand the Holy Spirit and who he is for us. Luke eleven thirteen says this, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Here Jesus is talking, saying like, hey, there are people that don't even understand what love really is. There are even evil people in this world who are evil, but yet still know how to give a good gift to their own child, to the people that they care about. And if if they're able to do that, how much more do you think that the God of all creation, who loves you enough to send his only son to die on a cross for you, would give a really, really good gift. He wouldn't hold back the best gift, which is his Holy Spirit, the third person of God himself, to be with you. And that's what he says. There's this promise of the Holy Spirit to those of us that believe. And so you're like, well, how does this belief work? Like, what, what's involved in this? So Acts 2.38, I want to point this out to you. Acts 2.38 says, And Peter said to them, listen to this, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's two things that are involved in getting the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts, it says that you need to have faith and repentance. Asking involves faith and and repentance. You see, faith in Jesus and trust in him causes you to repent. When you really believe that he died for you on a cross, that he is the son of God himself, that his death promises you eternal life, when you really believe that in your heart, all of a sudden it causes you to look at yourself and you start to see the sin. You start to see the parts that don't match up with who he is. And you start to repent of it. (laughs) You start to say, I don't want that. I I want to look like him. I want to walk and talk like him. I want my life to line up like him. And so this thing happens in my heart. It's called repentance. It causes me to be looking at my life that I had before and to turn around. And to say, I'm walking away from it. Because I see something better. And like this dude's chasing after the other guy. Like, I want to follow Jesus that close. I want to leave this life behind and repent and with faith in my heart say, Jesus, let me just follow you. Let me be like you. Teach me to talk like you and love like you and serve like you. Help me leave this behind. And so receiving the Holy Spirit involves two things. Salvation, if you're wondering how to be saved tonight, to be made right with God, it involves two things faith that he is the son of God and he's died for you and repentance 
causes you to turn away from your old life and say, Jesus, I'm yours. Take me. I'm yours. I want to follow you. And if you have those two things, Acts 2.38 says that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God himself comes in to live inside of you in a way that's so much more intimate, so much closer than that video, that goofy video. Like He is literally abiding inside of your mind and your heart and your life and your words. As you're about to do something and you feel temptation, he's there and he's speaking to you and he's saying, no, no, that's not right. And you can hear him and feel him as he convicts your heart and says, that's, that's sin. Stay away. And it's in those moments that your choice is to listen or to ignore. Do I obey him? Do I take his warning or do I ghost him and say, like, I didn't hear you. I'm not paying attention right now. I, I really want to do this. This temptation just looks so good. I'd rather just do this and pretend I couldn't feel the conviction you were putting on my heart. I'd rather ignore that. The job of the Holy Spirit is to be there, right? Bringing you to repentance in your heart. So I guess I want to ask you tonight, like, have you repented? Have you believed in a real way in Jesus that's more than some Sunday school, some VBS way? I'm not saying you can't get saved in Sunday school or VBS, but I'm saying that it's more than just a Bible story. It's a life change. It's a person that you're meeting named Jesus. It's this relationship that jumps out of VBS and out of Sunday school and out of Wednesday night firehouse and into your life. It goes with you when you leave these doors and it goes with you to school, into your house, into sports games you're playing and practices. It goes with you when you're sitting alone on your phone or in front of the computer and you're having that private conversation that no one else can hear between you and someone else, does it go there with you? Is there a real trust and repentance? Have you ever really experienced that, or have you just been playing kind of the Christian game, like, I'm trying to cover my bases. I'm scared to go to hell, so I'm just going to pray this prayer and do this thing a pastor said to do, because I want to cover the bases. But there is never faith in your heart. You're not really trusting Jesus to save you so much that it's changing you. It's causing you to repent. It's causing your life to look different. Have you actually done that? Something happened in your heart where the Holy Spirit has come in and just radically rearranged your heart in your life. And he says another thing. You notice he says, and be baptized. Baptism isn't what saves you, but baptism is just an example that you've truly believed. He says, if you really believe in me, be baptized. Don't be ashamed of me. Declare it in front of people through this thing we call baptism so you can stand up and say, I actually believe this thing I'm saying. I didn't just go to make myself feel better, make my pastor be quiet and stop telling me over and over to get saved. I did this because I mean it. And here I am in the waters of baptism to tell you something's different in me. The Holy Spirit is living in me, and I need you to know that because I just can't keep it in. He says to, be, to, be, to repent and be baptized. The next thing I'm going to show you, because he's working in your heart for repentance in this way, in 1 Corinthians 3.16. It 
It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You need to know this. The Holy Spirit lives within you like you are God's temple. Each of us individually, if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is in you. I know that's a mind blower. It's hard to figure out how that works until you hear the voice. Maybe not, hopefully not audibly, or maybe it is audibly. I don't know how God talks to you. But there's something that speaks to you in your heart, and you know it, and you know it's his voice, and you know it's his Holy Spirit. It's that convicting voice. It's that still, small voice, that whisper that, that says, hey, that person over there, they need someone to love them right now. They need a hug. They need to hear your story because their heart is broken. Or, hey, this thing you've been invited to over here, you know you shouldn't go. Don't go. And you hear that voice and you know God is in me. It's confirmation that he lives within you, that he's speaking to you. He's in a relationship with you. And as you're trying to make decisions, he's actively there. He is within you. But not just you and us. You see, this verse is talking about plural, like you all, like the church. As God is in each of us that believe, he's also in all of us together as we believe to make us one temple, one church, one body that can go into our community and our schools and our families and change the whole community for the kingdom of Jesus. Every Monday, there are tons and tons of people who come on this campus who are absolutely broken. They come over to the House of Hope, and there are people fighting drug addictions and alcoholism and and all sorts of things in their life, and they are broken. And they'll tell you, if you take a moment to stop and just say hello, they're so eager to share. Right here, on this campus, what would happen if the body of Jesus, (laughs) the temple of God himself, because we have the Holy Spirit in us, decided we were going to go out and make a difference. We were going to bring hope to hope to broken people, to people with addiction, to people with broken hearts, to people going through horrible loss or divorce and all sorts of things, that we would go and love them because that's what Jesus wants to do through us. That we'd share this faith that we have in the gospel, how they can be saved and forgiven. What would happen if the temple of God decided to really be the temple of God? And realize that we have his power and spirit, his very presence, living in us individually and together as a team. That's a big deal. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He unifies us. He brings us together so we can go out as one, arm in arm, marching out here together as a team facing darkness, loving people who need it. How often do you team up with the people around you? the people that God's brought into your life on your path, maybe in your school or on a team that you're on, your friends. How often do you guys talk about Jesus if you're not at church? If you're not in a small group or Sunday school, but you're just together and you're just like, man, I just love Jesus. I want to talk about him with you guys. Would that be weird? Would that be strange for the culture of your group because you guys have just never done it before, right? And so you'd look at each other and feel really awkward about it. Like, well, like we don't do that. Well, maybe you should. Maybe it will take you to change that culture in your group of friends. And maybe it'll be awkward at first. 
But maybe it's a thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your group to mobilize you for something you can't even imagine right now, for something incredible. If you'll just say yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts 1.8, we see that it's, it doesn't stop there. In Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit doesn't just live in you. The Holy Spirit works through you. His power is meant for you to go out. We don't just keep it here and just like, we had this awesome feast with all this food and it was too much food for us to eat. And we're sitting in this room and we're just going to leave it and let it go bad on the table. Or we're going to go out and start inviting people to come share our food, right? We're going to like bring, so like our, our adult leaders were just at this conference, this youth pastor conference, and we bought these donuts and they were delicious donuts. We need it, right? To bring it out to the world around you. He wants you to share that with other people. He wants to empower you to tell people that they can be saved and they can have hope. What's stopping you? If you're not doing that, what is stopping you? God's ready. We're not waiting on him. He's there saying, let's do this. My Holy Spirit is in you. He's probably already knocking on your heart, and you probably already hear it. You hear the knocking every day. And he's pointing out people, and he's convicting your heart. But what happens is so often what we do is we ghost him. I know you want me to talk to that kid, God, but I'm too scared. It's too weird. He's awkward. It'll be a strange conversation. Like, I don't know. I'm with my friends in this little clique over here, and I know there's a bunch of new kids that are just standing alone, but you know what? Like, we're cool here. Instead of saying, Lord, are you sending me over there? All right. I stop ghosting you, and you take the walk. And it might be awkward, but you go love somebody because God's saying. He wants to work through you to reach the lost. You are how God wants to reach the world. Do you know that? He's chosen to use you to reach the world with the gospel. So if you're not obeying, what's, what's happening? Let's obey so we can see God change our community. John 14, verses 16 and 17 say this. And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells within you, and he will be in you. This is a forever thing. Like the Holy Spirit has moved in for good. He's not going anywhere. Like, God lives within you forever, it says. But you know what else it says? The world can't know him. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit. 
because they don't know him. Because they can't see him. So all the awesome stuff that the Holy Spirit does for us, like he helps us, he counsels us, he guides us, he empowers us, he comforts our broken hearts. The world doesn't get that. If you don't trust in Jesus as your Savior, you can't receive his Holy Spirit. You can't be empowered by God in that way. He's very clear in these verses. It takes trust and faith to receive the Holy Spirit, the power of God inside of you. If you're doing the Christian thing, but you're not actually a Christian, you're just kind of talking the talk and trying to get people to believe you are, but you're not really, why are you wasting so much time? You could have the very power of God himself living inside of you. But if you haven't trusted and believed, you're just a shell. You're walking around saying that you have this power within you that's not really there because you're ghosting the Holy Spirit. You'd rather just wear the name tag Christian and not actually live it out. I want to encourage you tonight. What are you waiting for? God loves you. And he's reaching out with both hands, offering this incredible gift of himself and saying, my Holy Spirit will live in you. He'll be there for you in those bad days to comfort your heart. Those hard decisions to counsel you and direct you. Be an advocate for you. What are you waiting for? God himself wants to do that for you. And he gives good gifts. Matthew 12, verses 31 to 32 says, Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. There is one way to go to hell. Ghost the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes along and says, I'm calling you. You need Jesus. Hey, Jesus has died for you. Jesus rose again for you. You need Jesus to be saved, and you go, no. No, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to pay attention right now. That's how you end up in a place where you can never be forgiven. For all the things we could do, God looks at us and says, I forgive you. God forgives murderers. God forgives liars. God forgives every sin on the list that you could put on there that you think is so terrible. God is so big and forgiving, he forgives them all. Even the ones you're disgusted by and hate, God can still forgive those things if someone comes in repentance and faith. Except. When he offers you his Holy Spirit, and you say, no, I don't want that. Then there's no forgiveness. There's no heaven. There is only hell waiting for you for eternity where you will never get out. It will never stop. You can never escape it. And it is a real place. And the one way to go there is by rejecting the Holy Spirit. 
God is offering it to each of us. He has grace enough to show each of us that he wants to save us. We just received the Holy Spirit. You say, Rob, I have. I've done that. I'm here tonight, and I believe in Jesus. I've trusted in Jesus. Then let me leave you with one last thing. Ephesians 4.30. For those of you who believe in Jesus, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, what this means is that he's talking to people who have received the Holy Spirit, they've been saved, and he lives within us. You know what the Holy Spirit does? He's a guarantee. So that when you get to heaven, and God's like, why should I let you in? The Holy Spirit, like the stamp of the Holy Spirit on your heart is like, this is why. He has guaranteed entrance into heaven. He has been forgiven. The blood of Jesus is on him. The Holy Spirit is your lawyer saying, let him in. He's the free ticket. Calls him a seal, a guarantee of your salvation and your forgiveness. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you are forgiven. So he's talking to people that have that. And he's telling them not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, based on what we're talking tonight, it's like saying don't ghost him. Don't ignore him. Remember that skit we did at the beginning? Here's a a dude who believed in Jesus, but was grieving the Holy Spirit. Hey, look, I... I want to have a relationship with you. I want you in my life, Jesus. But when it's time for me to do stuff that I want to do, you stay here. Let me make sections in my life. And this section's for you, and this section is for sin, and the things I know you don't agree with. And I'll do this over here, and you stay home. When I'm with this group of friends, I'm not taking Jesus with me because I don't want him to see the stuff I'm doing. And when we go, the Holy Spirit is there. I can't make him stay home. I'm bringing him with me to those things. As I do those things, he's witness to the things that I'm doing. He's there within me in the middle of this sin, and he's convicting me the whole time. And you know what I'm doing? I'm ignoring. And I'm told in Ephesians here not to ignore the Holy Spirit. And when he calls me to do something, like we tell you guys all the time, Our thing at Firehouse is like Eli and Samuel in the temple. To hear God's voice, to say yes when you hear it, and to invite others to obey with you. And when the Holy Spirit says, hey, go, and you go, no. I don't really want to go do that thing you're calling me to. It's too big. It's too scary. It doesn't match my schedule right now. I've got too many things. I've got games and sports and homework and other things, friends to hang out with. I have all these things, Jesus. It doesn't fit my schedule so I can't go. The Holy Spirit's like, go. What you're doing is you're grieving him. You're ignoring his call and you're saying no. I want to encourage you guys tonight. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Don't reject his call. If you have never believed in him, in Jesus, and received the Holy Spirit, Why not tonight? How come tonight you don't accept him as your Savior? Why don't you place your faith and stop trying to figure it all out and say, I believe. Place your trust in Jesus tonight and be saved and receive the Holy Spirit and let him be your teacher.
all those questions you, that you have, he wants to walk you through and explain them to you as he lives inside of you to do that. That's his job. You don't have to have it all figured out tonight, but you do just have to believe. Or maybe you're the Christian who is here tonight, and you're like, I've believed. Are you living in his power? Are you actually saying yes when he calls you? Or are you just ignoring the call? Over and over again, you're just like, no. You'd come to me if I were to ask you and say, hey, tell me about what the Holy Spirit's doing in you. When's the last time you've seen his power at work in your life? And you'd be like, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't really remember. And I would say this. Start saying yes. Start saying yes, because he's calling you all the time. Perk your ears up and listen to his voice, and when you hear it, say yes. Stop ghosting him. Start saying, whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, I'm, I might be scared out of my mind, but the best thing I can do is say yes to you because you're going to blow my mind every single time. God is strong enough to get you through whatever he calls you to. Will you trust that and say yes to him? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Here's what I want you to do tonight is the band is going to lead us in another song. Would you just ask God? Say, Lord, introduce me to your Holy Spirit. If, if you don't know him, if you don't experience him in your life, say, God, I want to. I want to experience you. I want to hear your voice. I want to obey, so tell me what to do. Would you just offer yourself to him tonight in a way that just says, Lord, I surrender? I'm tired of making my life about me. I just want it to be about you. I'm done ghosting the Holy Spirit. Help me hear his voice and give me the courage to say yes every time he calls. Will you just pray that prayer as we sing this next song?